Hi, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Coogee Voice. Today, we're talking with Julia Sussman, one of the founding members of Youth Here. Youth Here is an organisation dedicated to bridging the gap between Australian youth and the memory of the Holocaust. In today's episode, we talk about the organisation and the work they do. We address anti-Semitism in the eastern suburbs and abroad, and how you can become more educated on the Holocaust. You're listening to Coogee Voice. The biggest driver of engagement is that we're run by our audience. So we have 17 to 30 year olds, there's 25 of us that volunteer our time to run the organisation. We have a social media reach of over 60,000 people. We are engaging with people within the New South Wales Jewish and non-Jewish community as young adults and just building friendships. For those who who haven't grown up in a Jewish home, the the statement may just be words, but growing up in a culturally Jewish community never again is said very often, said by my grandma at the end of every phone call, and God bless, never again, it's we, we grow up with it. And what it means is never again may the Holocaust happen. Julia, welcome to Coogee Voice. How are you going today? Good. Thank you so much for having me. Now, we're on the back end of summer. What do you love most about the eastern suburbs at summertime? It's always that little bit of time you have around seven o'clock before it gets dark and everything's just still and quiet. You kind of feel like you're the only person standing looking at, at what's around you. It's quite spectacular. And if you had to pick three top things about the eastern suburbs, what would that be? I think the accessibility we have to nature. I go on a lot of hikes and bushwalks. I try to do one a week. Um, that's definitely a highlight for me. And I'm a dog person, so being able to take my dogs with me everywhere, that's always amazing. And I volunteer for WIRES, which is a huge engagement that I can't really do outside of, of where I live, and I love it. That's wonderful. What type of dogs do you have? I have toy poodles. Oh, wow. <laughs> Super eastern suburbs dogs. <laughs> now, you are one of the founding members of Youth Here, which was founded in 2018, For our Coogee Voice listeners, what is Youth Here and why did you initiate this? So my co-founders, Harry Rosen, Jesse Lynn, Joel Grunstein and Jared Engelman and I founded Youth Here in 2018 and it stands for Holocaust Education and Remembrance. So we work with 17 to 30-year-olds, Jewish and not Jewish, to understand the power of hate and we do that by analysing the, the Holocaust, which was one of the darkest times in human history. So we try and extract what we can from that to really give value to saying never again and to take our part in making sure that hate crimes are controlled moving forward. 2021, why is it important that we continue to talk about and educate people on the Holocaust? I think it's always important, 2021 or not. It's The Holocaust was such an industrialised and methodical experience and portrayal of hatred. So we really need to take what we can from that because hate crimes are happening all over, in the schoolyard, in the workplace, within families, and now 2021 online. And if we can't learn the lessons of such terrible tragedies in the past, how can we move forward and try and make a difference? Absolutely. So with youth here, how do you engage with the community to educate them on this? I think our biggest 
the biggest driver of engagement is that we're run by our audience. So we have 17 to 30 year olds, there's 25 of us that volunteer our time to run the organization. We have a social media reach of over 60,000 people. We are engaging with people within the New South Wales Jewish and non-Jewish community as young adults and just building friendships. Once you've got that base, once you've got dedicated volunteers putting their time in, then you can put together any event, you can put any digital campaign together because you've gained the trust of the people working alongside you and the communities alongside you. So in 2019, we held the first youth-specific Yom HaShoah commemoration. Yom HaShoah is a day where we commemorate the 6 million lives lost during the Holocaust. And it was our second year as an organization and it was 30 minutes before we were supposed to start. And one of my co-founders found me at the back of the hall in tears because we set up 200 seats and I was sure we weren't going to get 200 people. And then 25 minutes later, five minutes before we were all ready to go, we had 450 people and nowhere to put them. And when we went through all the data afterwards, about 40% of them were non-Jewish young adults. And that kind of sparked this moment for all of us where we were creating a forum for our Jewish peers to engage in commemoration, but we had also created an education platform for our non-Jewish friends. So an event like that hasn't really been done before, and it's specifically created for our audience. That includes times, that includes where it is, how it's run, and also includes how we portray the information, how we connect with our audience. So we have the second annual youth-specific Yom Ashra coming up on the 11th of April, and we hope to see about the same 40% non-Jewish people engage with us. And that's our friends and representatives from the Armenian community, Rwandan, South Sea Islander, Baha'i, Pontian Greek. Since we started, we've spent three years building these friendships with other people that suffer at the hands of persecution. And it's our responsibility to commemorate with them. So that's probably the biggest event we do, we've had. We also then run a lot of digital campaigns. You were actually involved in our Light a Candle campaign last year when the Yamashara event got cancelled. And in 24 hours, that reached 60,000 people with no paid advertising. And we were just kind of blown away. And to have you in it, a non-Jew, someone who was really just there to pay tribute to the lives lost and applaud those who survived and learn from them and enrich your life from it. And that's... That's what we try and do. Before I move on to my next question, for our listeners, just to give a little bit of an explanation around why I engage in Holocaust remembrance, I think it is incredibly important because we need to make sure that it never happens again. But that sort of leads me on to my next point as well. Public acts of anti-Semitism have unfortunately and sadly been on the rise, and that includes synagogues in Kuji being defaced by swastikas. Do you think that a lack of understanding and education of the Holocaust is one of the factors that drives this? For sure. I just want to jump back to what you said about never again. For those who who haven't grown up in a Jewish home, the, the statement may just be words, but growing up in a culturally Jewish community, never again is said very often, said by my grandma at the end of every phone call, and God bless, never again. It's we, we grow up with it. And what it means is never again may the Holocaust happen. Um, and in 2017, I was in Poland running this tour, and I rang my grandma, and I was like, I'm 21. You've said never again to me for my whole life. But there are major hate crimes still happening. Like, what's going on? Um, and I think that statement of never again is why we all need to come together to learn about the Holocaust and to actively mitigate hate. A lack of understanding definitely plays a role in the rise of anti-Semitism and anti-Semitic acts that you're talking about. 
I live in Kuji and we've had, I go to shul every Friday night and there's security always outside and it's kind of this tension that you know people don't really want you there or accept you being there through these acts of public displays of anti-Semitism. I mean, a study in the US last year found that 22% of millennials, that's people who youth here engage with, didn't even know what the Holocaust was and 58% didn't know what Auschwitz was and that's a mind-blowing statistic. And if you can't look at the past, how can we move forward? Julia, in the United States and other parts of the world, COVID-19 has been referred to as the Jew flu. Now, in the US, Donald Trump refused to condemn this. How dangerous is it when global leaders refuse to condemn anti-Semitism? It's incredibly dangerous, not just for the Jewish community, but for minorities in everywhere and not just in America, not just where the political leader is talking. These have a domino effect through all societies all over the world, however persecuted they are or however persecuted they have been. It affects all of us. Um, the Anti-Defamation League's Pyramid of Hate goes to show how biased behaviours can grow in complexity from the bottom to the top. And if we normalise those behaviours at the bottom level, we then grow or hatred grows in strength and those biased behaviours and attitudes grow in reach and in their impact. So by having anyone, global leader or kid on the school bus, talk about anti-Semitism, hatred or biased attitudes and it not to be picked up on and said, that's actually not all right, we're just fueling the fire and we're letting the pyramid, we're letting the hate grow until it reaches this absolute pinnacle. And the pinnacle is genocide and hate crimes, but it's also major bullying that's going on in our day schools all around us. So it's incredibly dangerous, but not just for the Jewish community. Not condemning anti-Semitism is dangerous, full stop. 27th of January 2021 marked 76 years since the liberation of Auschwitz. This year's theme was the fate of children. I would like to hear your thoughts on why this is an important theme and why everyone should become educated and familiar with what happened with children in Auschwitz. This is such a challenging topic to talk about. 1.5 million children were killed during the Holocaust um, and it gets you, whoever you are, when you're looking at these statistics, when you're hearing their names and everything that they missed out on in your life, it it's jarring and it's traumatic and it's in t immensely tragic. It takes a lot out of you to acknowledge that. Um, but it also allows people to connect so strongly with the loss and with the dehumanization that they are forced to take action so it doesn't happen again. And then if you look at it, well, these young adults, these children who can identify with the loss of 1.5 million of what could have been their peers, they're the future leaders of our community. So it's more important than ever that they are the ones that can connect to the theme. Connecting and empowering youth to engage in this type of education just grows their ability and their want to be involved, their need to be advocates for our community as a Jewish community, but also for their community as a whole. Um, it's a, there's this company out of Cape Town, South Africa called Live For Me, and they produce these bracelets that have the name, age, and location of a child who passed away during the Holocaust. And a lot of organizations take these bracelets as a an educational tool. So in 2017, when I was running this high school trip in Poland and Israel, each student got a Live For Me bracelet. 
And we walked into Auschwitz one day and this one young girl came up to me and just said, how are we supposed to comprehend the millions of people that died? And it was a question that just absolutely shocked me. I had no idea how to respond to it. And then a few weeks after we returned home, she said, but all those people have died. Like, I don't understand. I have to go to school and I have to engage in petty arguments and these people just died. They didn't even have that luxury. And then a few weeks later, she came up to me and she said, I figured it out. I'm living for the name that's on my bracelet. And that was such a powerful realisation for this 16-year-old to have, but even more powerful as her educator to see happen. So connecting with the loss of children is incredibly taxing and emotionally draining, but it's also an incredibly powerful tool to push for change. For me, one of the really powerful parts of having the theme of children is that children are innocent, right? They're innocent in all of this. They aren't the ones that waged wars. They're not the ones who had guns in their hands. And the fact that 1.5 million children were murdered, right, by no fault of their own, that is a sobering and jarring statistic that people should be reminded of every single day. And it is difficult to comprehend. And I think it's okay that it's difficult to comprehend because if it wasn't difficult to comprehend, we would be able to process it. But it's that difficulty in comprehending which then says, this is why it can't happen again, right? This is so horrific, it cannot happen again, which is why when anyone sees anti-Semitism or acts of sexism or racism or bigotry of any kind, you should call it out because hate in all forms should be condemned. I think on that note about children being innocent, it's really the core of what we're discussing today. They are being persecuted because they are other than the person who thinks that they have control. And as a child, they can't say that they can't argue against it. And it is just this really central theme of hate growing because someone is other to you. And the, these children had no control in it. They had no say in it. They were purely different and therefore persecuted. Juliet, we've spoken about the vandalisation of Kuji Synagogue with swastikas. There has been a history of Jewish kids being marginalised uh, in non-Jewish schools around the eastern suburbs. Have you or your friends ever experienced anti-Semitism around the eastern suburbs? It's an interesting question and quite a complicated one to answer. As someone who responds to anti-Semitic incidents, to hate crimes, to gen uh, genocide and Holocaust denial, really every day, it's not something that I've ever stood face to face with. But just because I, it hasn't been personally directed at me, there are incidences where the whole community feels it, um, and specifically the young adult community. A couple months ago, we got hundreds of reports about this TikTok video, and it was of a young girl who was Jewish, who dressed up in ripped clothes and black makeup, and it looked like she had ash all over her face. And the sentence popped up at the bottom of the screen said, welcome to heaven, how did you get here? And her response was, I was murdered in the gas chambers of Auschwitz. It was this really complicated and kind of surreal situation to be in because you had a young Jewish person really engaging in 
mockery, but also in anti-Semitism, in delegitimizing the pain and the loss and the sorrow of the Holocaust and not being a respect, respectful of the survivors and not just the Jewish survivors, but all the non-Jewish righteous among the nations who went out of their way to stand up for what is right. So such a small act went so far beyond a one anti-Semitic sentence faced directly at me. Um, this was in America in the Washington um, Holocaust Museum, reached out and spoke to this young young girl. And she said, well, I was just trying to educate my friends on how horrible and how much loss and sorrow there was in the Holocaust. And it started this huge conversation within the young adult community about what does it mean to identify anti-Semitism, to identify Holocaust denial, to identify bias and hatred and discrimination. And how do we educate without playing into that. So no, I've never faced anti-Semitism directly, but it's all around us all the time and it's affecting not just Jewish people. I mean, it ties back to what we spoke about earlier about Donald Trump and anti-Semitism is hatred. And if we don't stand up against it, if we don't shut it down, hatred grows and it affects everyone everywhere. So for a Coogee Voice listener that has very little understanding of the Holocaust, or even just the Jewish community's history more broadly, where would you send them to as a starting point to educate themselves? My first stop would be the Sydney Jewish Museum. Not only can you engage with Holocaust survivors, but their resources and the message behind it and the commemoration that happens while you're physically walking through the museum is an absolutely unbelievably organic and and original connection that you have with the people who's lost their lives. And it's you can't help but walk out and feel that you either need to know more or you need to do more. So that would be my first stop. There's also a bookstore there. And I highly recommend reading, I don't know if you've read Eddie Jacku's book. Um, Eddie's a Holocaust survivor and he gave a TED talk about being the happiest man alive. And he's just written his second book and he really is the happiest man alive. And things, those are starting points. They're stories and reading materials and experiences and education that is hard to get through. It's hard to sit there and accept what you're hearing and seeing. But it's also an incredibly empowering experience. And if you are lucky enough, Eddie could be your guide yes. at the Jewish Museum. Yes, they, the Holocaust survivors are there. Um, I don't know how many or how often they're there with COVID at the moment. But they have the Sydney Jewish Museum's website actually has all of their testimony recorded. So you can log on and really get to know a survivor through a video testimony as well as their written work. And then I would go to, that's the really Holocaust genocide area of education. My next port of call would be the Executive Council of Australian Jewry who report, they make an annual report on anti-Semitism and racism and um, what's happened in Australia over the year. And then the next place I would go is the Jewish Board of Deputies and I would engage in their commemoration events. I would engage in their cross-community collaboration events um, and, of course, youth here. <laughs> and you currently have the Jewish Film Festival being run out yes. of the Ritz and I yes. would encourage everyone to go down there and get there. Yes, I was actually there last night. The um, Jeremy Spinak, the late past president of the New South Wales Jewish Board of Deputies, and there's a documentary made on his last few months of life. And it was a packed theatre for the for the first real showing of the movie. 
Um, and there's unbelievable movies on Holocaust education and documentaries, but also just movies that have been produced by Jewish producers or Jewish cast. And it's a great, also a great way to meet people. <laughs> now, Juliet, before you go, there are three really tough questions <laughs> that we ask everyone that comes onto Could You Voice. You've got to tell us your favorite beach in the eastern suburbs, the best place to get coffee, and where sells the best burgers. Go. So, favorite beach. Probably an unpopular opinion, but I am not a huge fan of the beach. <laughs> I love bushwalks and hiking and all that. And a couple of weeks ago, I went to Paradise Pools. It was a hard hike, but it was so worth it. It's this beautiful freshwater, pristine pool with this unbelievable waterfall um, in the Blue Mountains. So that's where you'll find me. <laughs> uh, where to get the best coffee? Diver. Love Diver Coffee. It's incredible. They're only open till about one o'clock, though. So that's always. The hard part, I then end up going to Frenchman's Road Paper for my afternoon coffee. And best burger, I can't go past a Little L chicken burger. I have to concur. Now, Julia, if people would like to learn more about youth here, where should they head to? So head to our Facebook page. You'll see um, all of our digital campaigns, the Light a Candle campaign that you were in last year. Um, you'll also find our contact details. We are in the process of building a website and have some really exciting new digital campaigns and events coming up. And on the Facebook page, you can get in contact with me and email me. We can meet, have a chat. Um, I think just wanting to be engaged is the first step to engaging. I absolutely agree. Julia, thank you for joining us on Could You Voice. Thank you so much for having me. What an informative and important conversation. Now, if you'd like to learn more about Youth Here, head to their Facebook page, Youth Here. You've been listening to Could You Voice. <laughs>